Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Spear Factor. Today, I speak with the boys from Palapas Ventana, the resort down there that hosts the Blue Water World Cup. Uh, Tim Hatler, it's his resort, and he has his, uh, his employees, Brock and Jacob down there helping out with it and they kind of fill us in on the ins and outs and guiding down there and what to expect when you show up for the Blue Water World Cup as well as if you're just going down there to spearfish on your own. Sounds like a pretty cool operation, a pretty special place and I'm glad that they reached out and allowed me to share it with you guys. So if you are interested in the Blue Water World Cup, make sure you contact them. And again, I just want to say uh, a big thank you to Seth Anderson, who has taken upon himself to edit uh, the audio. Uh, if you guys want him to do anything for you, you can reach him at sbanderson777 at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again, Seth. And let's get started with this episode. But first, as always, we've got to give a uh, little shout out to our sponsors, Ted Hardy, Immersion Freediving. Um freedivingsafety.com thanks ted for all the support and everything you do for the community our next sponsor is hot rod spear guns uh paul has offered us 10 percent discount with a promo code spear factor so thanks paul for making badass guns and uh providing a hookup for our listeners and chimera side slip so chimera side slip you can purchase those at chimera spearfishing that's k-i-m E-R-A, and basically I've talked about the side slip before on the show. It's kind of the benefits of a slip tip without worrying about breaking your tip hunting around rocks. Uh, it replaces the flopper with a side slip. Uh, check it out more at the website, and if you use promo code SPEARFACTOR, all lowercase, at checkout, they'll give you 5% off. And our last sponsor is One Drop Spearfishing. Basically, an environmentally-minded group of guys that love to dive, live and breathe it, 
but their whole focus is feeding friends and family and enjoying their time in the water. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, solid group of guys. And uh, check out their website, One Drop Spearfishing. Check them out on YouTube, One Drop Spearfishing. And if you'd like to uh, sponsor Spear Factor Podcasts, feel free. Uh, you can go ahead and shoot me a note on the website, spearfactor.com. Thank you. I wanted to get started because I wanted to ask you guys, number one, can you tell us, like, you know, Tim, your whole story with how you started Papa's Fontana and all of that. So um, did you want to get going with that? Because then I want to get into the uh, World Cup and all of the stuff you've been doing down there in the, in the Spearfishing Academy and all those things. Killer. Uh, well, I started Papa's Fontana. I was uh, working in Southern California on Catalina Island and then running a tall ship doing offshore education, and then I worked on the dive boat Verizon. So I worked on the Verizon Nautilus and Odyssey. We did trips to Guadalupe, San Clemente, offshore a whole bunch, and tons of adventures. I walked on every one of the eight channel islands, and uh, I had a great time, but I was gone up to 26 days a month, and so I was looking for a way to get off the merry-go-round, but still have the adventures of wild open places with good fishing and good surf and good adventures. So I uh, rolled the dice and didn't take the, uh, the easy way out, but decided to start something down in, in Baja. The first group I ever did was before I bought anything, I rented a house. I got a taco guy and I got a bongero and I went to the Rocky Connections meeting and I told them that I had a place that I was starting and we we're ready to go with our first group, which of course I didn't. I just had assembled a taco guy and a house and a boat. And they came down. I wanted to try it. And uh, we ran one group down here. Found this area just by mucking around like most people do in, in Baja. And I uh, loved the spearfishing here. With the lavics kind of leaked around the Strabo Island. Plus good reefs. So I ran one trip. had a blast. And then I got up and said, okay, this is it. This is my destiny. So I uh, took some long hard and found a goofy piece of land that worked well for us at a good price and uh, slowly started building the business. Our model was just, just get open, and that's what we've done ever since. And we actually just finished our last casino three years ago. Every year we kind of do a different project, a pool, jacuzzi, uh, more shade on the beach, more clothes. And now we have a facility here at uh, Cortez in Lanagana, and then we also have Another one in Nag Bay on Magdalena Island, and now we branched into Little Boards um, on the Sea of Cortez on Catamarans. That's kind of my background as being a captain and running trips, so I really like that part of it. And then we also do Little Boards in Nag Bay, so it's been a, a work in progress. It's all coming together, and yeah, it's great. The adventures keep getting better and better. We're also doing Panama up to three weeks a year now, too, so we're doing more international stuff as well. And, yeah, the adventure continues. It's a lot of fun. How did you, uh, what year was that that you started this whole adventure? We opened in 2003. We had our first group. There is a wind season here, too, so there's this goofy sport called kiteboarding that somebody made a sport <laughs> when it's really super windy and you can't get boats out that uh, Canadians come down in the winter when it's cold here and they, they think it's tropical. And uh, they go out there and they kiteboard. I actually kiteboard myself, too, but... Uh, 
Uh, and so we do have a windy, uh, a wind season as well. So that's cool. And our first guests were in the wind season. We were welcoming our first group, and there were no doors on the casitas. We got the clients, and then I escorted them down to the beach as quick as I could while the carpenters finished hanging the doors on the casitas. And uh, as I was walking down to the beach where we were going to launch all their kites, I saw a fox. There's a lot of wildlife around here. And back then, there was not as much development. I saw a fox foaming at the mouth, running in circles, right in the arroyo, right where the guests were going to come down. And I had about four minutes to remedy the situation. And my right-hand man back then, this guy named Tavo, and I instructed him, and he got a big stick, as I asked him, and he smacked it in the head. He buried it. And as the guys were walking down to go fight for he said, welcome, how are you doing? Let's watch your kites. You had a great time. And then when we walked back up to the casitas, the carpenter had just finished putting the doors on their casitas. And so it's been kind of a wild ride ever since. We have a lot of adventures, and we do a lot of things here we call Mexicanada. It means something made out of nothing that works perfectly fine. So we do a lot of, like, junkyard, sand and sun kind of inventions, things here that work pretty well. And so every time we branch out in a new area, like, hey, we're opening a place in that bay, or we're running little boards, or we're doing Panama, uh, that's what the Brock and I do best, is we absorb variables. We're a fender between what Gringos want and what Mexico can provide. And so we absorb, we absorb the shock between those two things, kind of what we do. That's a really good way to put it. I kind of like that. Um, so, it's, what's your favorite, like, what is your, like, do you have a favorite as far as you're talking about Panama and then you're talking about Mag Bay and um, where you're at, which is down on the Sea Cortez side? Um, do you have, like, a favorite or a preference? I love them all. Very different times of year. But if I had to just choose one, I would probably shoot Wahoo and Taralbo. I have a big, flat, big, fat, sloppy, shallow ones in November. And we have, like, the second wave of Wahoo to come through here in uh, November, full moon, and you get really big ones that are, you know, their back is dry. That's super fun. Really fun shooting those fish. And they always, no matter what, seem to appear out of nowhere. And uh, if I had to choose one, that would be it. But I love all kinds of spearfishing, reef, particle, grouper, blue water, traveling for tuna, billfish, bait balls. We are lucky enough that we have a, a little bit of everything here, including a great yellowtail season. So we're very blessed with the variety that we have, the fish we can chase. But if I had to choose one, I think that would be a pretty, pretty hooked on shooting water. It's pretty fun. Uh, what size of Wahoo do they get down there? Like, what's your personal best? My personal best is 81 pounds. Good but Lord. Our best as a resort, our best as a resort, Pete Coriel, 112. Big, fat, sloppy beast. Looks like a Wahoo. And again, wow. shot in, in a deep spot, but it was in five feet of water. And the captain saw it. Captain looked at him and goes, Wahoo, Wahoo, Wahoo. And Pete's kind of like the captain. It's a great captain, but we call him a painter because he's always painting these imaginary scenes of more fish than there actually are. And, and uh, you know, amazing things, huge fish, mermaids, and he kind of called bullshit on 
got in kind of slow and true enough, one twelve Wahoo. Does uh to the uh the on the table there. He does Pete live down there too, or does he just come down for the tournaments and I was planning on getting Pete. Um, so yeah. He does the uh, the Blue Water World Cup. Does he host that? Uh, well, we so the Blue Water World Cup is here at Papa Sedona, and that's uh, he's a big part of it. So he does help host the tournament. So we've got his logo on all the posters, and uh, so yeah, he does a lot of promotion for it. He pulls in a lot of sponsors for us as well, and occasionally he tries to win it. And occasionally he loses big. <laughs> I, I play that role in contests too, where it's, uh, you know, you swing for the fences and you just take a risk and then it's either you see nothing or you win the whole thing. So, um, exactly. Yeah. You got two competing against each other. You got like GR Tar, the yep. master of the fishing. That squeezes and puts the points on the fish on the table. And the guy like Pete, who's go bigger, go home, but he's not going to rack up a bunch of skipjacks to get points. <laughs> right. Yeah, and no, I totally understand that. I'm kind of like in that boat too. But um, so, if someone were to come down there, like for the first time, what would they expect? Like, what you know, say where do they fly into? How? Just kind of walk them through. Like, let's say I saw on your uh, website. Um, the like the six day trip or the three day trip or the four day trip. Sure. Well, we've got all these different levels of adventure. The basic one is you're coming to the resort, so you're gonna you're gonna contact us and we're gonna try to figure out, you know, what level diver you are, what fish are on your wish list, and we're gonna tell you honestly when to come and when not to come. We're gonna give you real honest answers. You're gonna book a flight that goes into. Either Cabo, that's SJD, or if you're lucky enough to be in San Diego, then you can fly out of CDX or the Cross Border Express and fly to Volaris, which goes down to La Paz, which are incredibly cheap flights. And then you uh, come to us by La Paz. La Paz is 40 minutes away from us, and we have a shuttle to pick you up. Cabo's two hours or three beers away from us <laughs> uh, in our as well. We send a shuttle to you. It's safe. It's easy. The guy's got your name on it. And uh, so you can book flights. There's a new flight now that goes out of uh, Phoenix direct to La Paz, too. So if you got a connecting flight, say you're San Francisco or maybe San Diego, and you go Phoenix, then to La Paz, they've been selling those pretty cheap to get them promoted and started. Um, so that's how you get here. You land. We get a big rack on our shuttle, drive you to the resort, nice and safe, get you moved in, and uh, uh, get you down to the restaurant for a, a margarita or a nice beer on tap, and then look at the weather, look at the the uh, 
come up with a game plan of what we think, if we were you, what we would want to be doing for the next three, four days for spearfishing. Also, we do have options to go to the other side. We live at the skinniest point of the Baja Peninsula, and we do have a facility on the other side. So one of the cool things is the weather is usually the opposite one side or the other. So we'll give you those options too if they're out there for going to the other side, if that's something you want to do. And then you're going to enjoy getting this routine where your gear is moved down to a shack on the beach. Um, so it's right there, steps from the boat. You have breakfast. And then walk down these stairs. Your gear's already down there. It goes in the boat. We give you eight hours on the water. Our captains know all the spots. Our guides are awesome. Their goal is to put you on the fish, not to spear their own fish right in front of you because you flew down a thousand miles and they didn't. So we know that people don't want to come on a big trip to have a guide shoot fish right in front of them that could have been there. So we're super sensitive to that. Then when you get back, we fillet fish. We freeze them for you if you want to fly them home. We've got a store here, all kinds of gear from Tectonics, Rice, Rob Allen, Andre, Koa, uh, Dimar. So we're got tons of gear if you forgot something. We've got a whole rental program of guns down here. If you didn't want to bring your stuff, more and more people are coming down without their stuff. And then the biggest funnest thing to do is eat your fish while you're here. So we've got a bar, uh, great cooks, waiters, and they're going to ask you how you want your fish cooked and then show you their stuff with local recipes, plus sashimi, sushi, and uh, you're just going to get this pattern of being really relaxed and having a blast in a small town focusing on spirit machine. So, oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a great it's a great time to just do the sport that you love, and that's what Brock and I do. We love spirit fishing, so we're really good at helping people just to kind of fish, find the fish that they want. It's fishing, obviously, so there's a lot of variables, but we're pretty good at it. We kind of know when to go where, and we'll put you on the fish as best we can. Oh, that's awesome. What's the sea, term, uh, sea temperature like range? The coldest it's going to get here is super cold. It's going to be 67 degrees. We're five mil sometimes in the season. But that's only because we live here. You'd probably get better than three mil living up there. Yeah, you guys might be trunking it, but we're going to be in five mils. That's our yellow cell <laughs> season. And then it's going to get as warm as 86 degrees. Wow. Where you just be in trunks and a light, that's all you need. Just want to think about sun protection. And sometimes we have little tinafores, cnidarians, little little stingy stuff, not bad. But the nice to have some coverage that mainly for the sun. So that's a huge, huge range. Now, what is, uh, Brock, what is your role? What kind of role do you play in this too? Are you a guide or? So I am, I am basically the stunt double here. That's what we call it. Um, <laughs> I do just about everything. I generally manage the property. I am a spear fishing guide. I'm a paddy dive master. I also a free dive instructor. Um, so we basically just whatever we do, we whatever is needed to be done, we do. I I like I guide probably I guide a lot of the trips more like little board trips and uh, trips that are away from Palapas because it's a little more coordination, a little bit more uh, attention needed because you're away from the from the nucleus. But I, I do also go out here and guide sometimes too. So, so. so in the um, 
so as far as like setting up, like you're saying, coordinating and all of that, when you get there, I mean, you buy, you buy the package and that gives you access to the boat three days a week and all of that. Um, if you're doing the, you know, whatever plan you have, whatever the package you have. And I saw they look pretty reasonable. I mean, um, uh, pretty fair, good prices for all the diving plan to do. Um, what would you say like for bottom hunting would be like your average water depth where you're shooting Pargo or uh, grouper? So you're anywhere from a, probably a 40 foot to up to maybe 65 feet on some of the, what, a couple of deeper reefs. And also depending on the time of year, your Pargo are going to be shallower in the earlier part of the spring, like May and April, May, beginning of June, you still have a thermal climb. The water changes those part of the deeper. So if that's the fish you're after, you want to be shallower than 60, I would say you want to come earlier in the season. And then again, back again in September, October, November, because the water starts to cool again when they're coming back into those reefs. Okay, and then... Uh, and I would say the average... Probably... Oh, go ahead. No, you, you go ahead, please. Can I just say about the average depth? I mean, if you're a 40-foot diver and you have a minute of bottom time, uh, you're, you're pretty successful on the reefs here. Okay, yeah, that's no problem. I had a friend that he was, they were guys from Guam, they were going down there and they were diving fairly deep, you know. Um, and uh, I don't know if you remember the guy's buddy or Robert. And, uh, yeah, Robert. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those clowns, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I yeah, love those guys. You can really nice fish in deep water. I mean, if, you're, if you like deep water, we have some spots that are. 78 to 90 feet that are uh, a Jurassic Park. But they're like that because not many people can get down to them and, and hunt them effectively. But they're really, really productive. Yeah, I've heard, that's kind of why I was asking because I had heard that 80 or 90 feet um, is where a lot of the, the bigger boys like to hang out. I guess that's assumed like anywhere else, but they were telling me like, yeah, if you want to hit some big fish, you got to be able to dive to at least you know 80 or 90 feet. So I was curious what other areas for people are like so that pretty much answers that that's good um and then one of my other friends i asked a question i said guys if you had to talk to these uh these guys at palapas fantana what would you ask them and one of them that's you know my buddy phone booth that's been there i don't know if you know, remember him but he was saying something about cave paintings and how uh have they been dated and how do you guys find them something about fish cave paintings or something uh, yeah, there's, if you want to do other stuff, man, there's so much to do. Here, most guys just want to spearfish, or maybe they want to do a night activity. We do some uh, greatest hits of your redneck fantasy. We do some rabbit hunting at night here back by the town with the cops. That's pretty fun. And uh, we do goat hunting at the island with point view. So, go on to surf and turf. Plenty of fun stuff to do, but we also have some fish and cave paintings back behind our town. And uh, we found them because there's a cowboy in town. Everybody bets their cow here free range. Uh-huh. And so there was a cowboy here, and his job was basically to pay him to go round up the cattle. And he basically found some of them on these They are probably about a five-hour hike behind our town. And uh, he was kind of a friend of one of my workers. And so we got to talking to him. He gave us, he didn't want to tell us exactly where they were, but he gave us some pretty good directions. And so we spent 
three days up there kind of looking for him and camping and we finally found him. We could get lost. I spent a night so sitting there by the fire. <laughs> Feel like an idiot, but next day we woke up and we found him and here's this little cave and these guys, the uh the indigenous people here were basically hunting, you know, it gets windy here from November through March, so windy season, that's deer season, so they would be up there hunting deer and laying on their back at night thinking about returning to the sea. And so here's this cave painting, and it's pretty clear there's a yellowfin tuna, Oahu, and then probably looks like a Sierra. And they're uh, dreaming about the windy season being over, just like we are throwing all the caves and the tight orders leave, so we can get back to do what we love, which is spearfishing. So it's a vision site. It's changed a little bit. It's now got a lot of pride probably there, but we know the owners. We can still get in there, but you want to do another really cool side trip. There are so many here. I mean, what we call Yeah, waterfalls. We've got most amazing whale watching. You can swim in the whale shark. You can go see incredible cactus forests. I mean, there's tons of stuff to do here. Uh, so if you have somebody in your party that thinks they want to come, but they're worried about being bored, you won't be. There's tons of stuff to do here. Um, and the cave paintings are awesome. They're right behind our town. It's really cool. Do, do you guys live there year-round? We do. Yeah, we're here year-round. Oh, wow. You've probably seen some stuff down there. <laughs> All the diving. Yeah. Just... Uh, we always have been here, you know, and we dive around the wind in the wind season, uh-huh. which, you know, we have a lot of people that come for a different type of trip, and they want to learn to spearfish. We teach a lot of spearfishing, or they want to do free diving class. We do that in the winter. Or we've got yellowtail that come in the winter, but usually people aren't traveling because it's still windy because you can't for sure get four or five days in a row. But uh, we're here all year round. We love it, not just for, uh, not just for the fish, but the food's great, the music's cool, the people are awesome, the culture's good. Yeah. We both have Mexican wives. It's a great spot. Like, I mean, the culture in Mexico is incredible. You know, I think, I think that's Latin America in a nutshell too, but just the the culture of Mexico. It's you know it's the old fashioned handshake and the food and just the whole thing. I, I love it down there. Yeah, and uh, we're we're a big part of the community here. We've done a lot of a lot of fundraisers for our local schools, and we're watching our you know we've been open for now eighteen years, so we're watching our our crew. We have about twenty local employees watching them grow up, have kids, build houses, seeing their kids go to school, seeing guys become captains and then become spearfishing guys and then become dive masters. And everybody's on this crazy wild ride with us and it's it's a lot of fun. Now um let's talk a little bit about the the Blue Water World Cup. How did that start? Awesome. All started on the ground one man we owe all credit for for Blue Water World Cup. That's Dennis Hosler. Amazing fighter, super competitive, promoting out his spins. And it was his dream basically to create the cherry bombs and a lot of pioneer divers to create a, a contest that was modeled after something like the Bisbee. The Bisbee of spearfishing is what Dennis often said that he wanted to create. So he wanted to have a, a like a destination where everyone could live together, compete, and have it focused on all the logic. So it happened 
to me that he had it in Baja uh, one year at Los Arenas. And another year he was looking at, he found Survival and liked it. And so I got connected with it. So I helped him run it. And then we ended up hosting it for years and years. Uh, and he just put a lot of effort into it. He got a lot of great sponsors, a lot of really solid divers. Our biggest year, I think we had 38 divers all over the world, Brazil, Australia, Guam, uh, in the States, place called Canada, even <laughs> divers from all, all different Ecuadorians, all kinds of all kinds of guys, and he just created a, a really amazing contest. We got a trophy that's built by Christian Boo. That's just amazing. Christian Boo's in the contest one year. There are long sponsors it every year, and now it's become this really kind of legacy competition that we've got amazing sponsors and divers that are a part of it. Uh, Dennis has kind of stepped back from the contest. He still comes and dives this area with us. We kind of pass the torch on the contest. And now we've got Pete Coriel who's involved as well. So he's helping us promote it and kind of be sort of our, our younger fired up diver to get a lot of new people involved, especially from the East Coast. And uh, we're building it back up again to be a really cool event. We've got Patagonia that stepped in for the third year in a row, sponsor it, and we just landed Yeti. Uh, they're pumping in tons of prizes. So it's kind of a contest where on a good year we'll have $2,500 in cash, and then we'll have uh, <clears throat> prizes that are just unbelievable where, you know, you can get last place and still walk, walk away with a nice pair of fins or a a deer bag or a three atmosphere float. So pretty cool contest. All that Brock talked about because he was in the contest for 10 years and now he helps run it. Yeah, so I was actually how I got introduced to Columbus. I came down on invitation from Dennis like Peter was in Northern California and came down with an invitation from Dennis to enter this tournament at Columbus. And uh, it's, a, it's a great competition. A lot of camaraderie, really good. Uh, you know, in the restaurant every night, going over results from that day, and it's really, really well run. And that's kind of how I got hooked up with wanting to come down here. I came down multiple times after that, and uh, like for three times a year for ten for ten years, I pretty much came to Columbus for different fishing. We came to every World Cup, and uh, never won it though. I think my best was number seven. Rumor has it he's coming out of retirement soon. You know it's going to happen. <laughs> Um, I don't think the thing we're going to be going to have no one there to help them on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, as far as the, the contest goes, I mean, is it is it invite only or how does that work? Uh, we, we try to keep it so it's, you know, experienced divers. So what we ask if you don't know about the contest, you want to get in, you send us an email and we ask for a dive resume and, uh, experience that you have. So we're, we're, we're trying to keep it to people who are intermediate advanced divers that are safe divers. Um, and it adds a little prestige to the contest just to keep it what we want. And let's face it, pelagic diving is hard, you know, so if you don't want someone who's an inter, introductory reef diver coming out here and trying to shoot pelagics, it, it's hard, it's frustrating. But if you're patient and know what's going on, and we can kind of tell from someone's experience or their reference, so we try to include as many people as we can, but then sometimes there are people that ask that they want to get in and we'll recommend, you know, why don't you come on for a Blue Water University 
and you can come in and do some training and do it the next year. We've had people do that, which is great. So if Josh, Josh was the one who came from Blue Water uh, University first and did the World Cup two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. So with the um, with the World Cup, do you need to have a buddy in order to do it? Or can you can you pair up with someone when you get there? Or So, of course, you know, it's a, it's a three-person for both tournaments. So if you can come with three people, if you want to dive it, that's great. But if you are an individual, I can as an individual almost every year. So you, you look up with two of the people that that um, are coming down, or one one and one, and we make uh, groups if we have that situation. We have it every year where we group people together. Funny, I have some friendships that have come out of that tournament that are still great friends today now because we met at that tournament. So it's kind of kind of a neat way to do it too. We need more people. I believe it. And go ahead. It really has a feel of a, uh, a tournament that isn't a tournament. Everybody hangs out, you know, they share a lot of information, and you feel like you're basically at this vacation with all these guys that you have everything in common with, and people are cool. They let loose together. It's great. There is an element, maybe the night before the last day of diving, where People get a little tight lip right at the end there. A little quiet about how many points you need to beat the next guy. Yeah, but, but that's all part of the game. Right? But it, it, it really is a lot of fun. It has a very different feel from a tournament where it's just show up at the ball tramp and then the weigh-in and everybody goes home. It's like everybody's bullshitting with each other the whole time. And, and a lot of people do, like Fox said, make friends when they go visit people in Brazil, Australia, that they met here. And it's a lot of fun. No, I I had heard that too, and I had heard like um, the camaraderie is really great. But you're talking about bonding and learning um, and sharing, you know, secrets or whatever you want to call them, tips and things like that with people like Gr Tar and I think Mark Healy even did it one year, and then just did, yeah. yeah, just a ton of really accomplished divers and themselves. Um, pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. So what? <laughs> What's the plan for this year? When is it? And, um, yeah, what are you guys expecting? Do you have a list? Is it the thing full? or? There's my uh, right, right now we've got five teams signed up so far. You know, it's coming out of COVID, so everyone's starting to make plans finally with the vaccine out there. Uh, we always base the tournament on the full moon. I have a GR card to thank for that. Yep. So we're always running the tournament to the last day of diving is on the full moon. The other thing I forgot to tell you is one of the things we do every single year, one of the coolest things about the tournament is we donate all the fish. So we have um, a town mayor from the little town next to us called El Ancon and a bunch of parents on the beach every day. When we bring in the fish, we're going to fly out a few to eat, and all the rest, the parents and the mayor, help us bring down to the fish buyer. We sell them in their name, and then we cash them out at the end, all for materials to keep building this playground that we're making, and it's called Parque de los Musos, or the playground of the diver. So everybody that's a part of the World Cup is watching this playground grow every year, and it's just super cool. So this year, the uh, Blue Water World Cup starts on the 22nd, and June ends on the 26th. So the 23rd, the 24th, and 25th are dive days. 
the awards night is the 25th, fly out on the 26th. Now, what a lot of people do, and this is great, yeah, people come in early. They come in early, and you dive the spot for two days. They do a two-day boat date before the start, so you can them like the 19th and 18th. Dive 19th and 20th and take a day off, and then come into the tournament the next day. It gives you a little bit of feel for the boats, gets you a feel for the island, gets you rigging your gear, gets you, you know, make sure you got the right wetsuits on, it's not too warm, you're not too cold, whatever the situation is. But it kind of gives you a little bit of warm-up time, and, and you can shoot fish on the reef, and you can shoot pelagics, whatever, because pelagics really don't stick around, so you don't have to worry about that. So you can come down and put some fish in the freezer already for yourself, you know, ready to take home after the tournament, and still donate fish, and still have fish in the room with. So kind of a nice way to go, you're coming out anyways. It gives you a good chance to get used to the place and get your gear all up. Yeah, I always say, uh, you know, the first day, don't plan on doing much as far as, like, do a shore dive or whatever it is just to get your equipment dialed in before you go 30 miles offshore or whatever you're doing and find out, you know, your bands are all broken or, or they weren't tied right or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or the guy with the steel cable shooting line that's, Corners and it, yeah, yeah. What what kind of gear do you guys like to use down there for the pelagics? Me, I run all spectra. I run spectra shooting line. I run spectra uh, slip tips. Because I don't like I don't like cable particularly. I don't like mono because mono gets that grip on the short short teeth, and that's the on my fatigue point. So I like to run spectra. It's quick to change, no crimps. You've got to tie a bowline on one end and an eye knot on the other end for your clip for your for your breakaway, and it's a quick rig and very very dependable. And also with the uh, with the with the spectra slip tip, the cable tends to cut meat where the where the spectra slip tip is more flexible inside the thick fish. So your wahoo don't tend to tear the meat as much. You don't tend to tear out the fish as much. So that's that's the way I rig stuff. It's very durable in the reef. All my all my reef guns are with reels on them with a float just to mark where I'm at. I use a reel a lot to set a float line. Yeah, that's the exact same thing. That's the exact same reasons too why I use nothing but Spectra anymore, um, because of the sawing and and the durability. Uh, you know, cable. It's like you get. I don't know. I feel like with with Spectra, it's kind of the best compromise of everything. Um, you know. And it and it's pretty fit. And if you you could tell where it's gonna fail, if it's gonna fail, because it's usually cut. So you just change it out. It's easy tie a knot. Um, yeah, it's simple changing. It's it's just and also uh, if you're trying to cut yourself out of cable, it's really not a success matter. Yeah, that's not a good time. Yeah, I I, no, I don't care how good your, I don't care how good the serrated edges on your right knife. A hundred percent. What a terrible, like, yeah, I don't want to ever be in that situation. That's the only thing. Um, I've shot some, some okay size grouper and had no problems with the uh, spectra, I guess. But um, then again, no fish is worth your life. So rather than doing cable, I'd rather just play my cards right and take a good shot or just not have to worry about cutting myself out of cable because it's not going to happen, you know. Not not if you're down yeah. fairly deep and stressed. Yeah. No, nobody wants to be doing that. Yeah, we we recommend to people, hey, you're coming on a trip, bring a 65-inch gun, four-band gun or better, and a, a 130 reef gun. If you're if your blue water gun, 
make sure you've got uh, a bungee involved and uh, bring extra shafts. We've got weights. Please don't travel with weights. We've got them all for you. We've got everything to make your life as easy as possible. And if there's people that do want to not travel with guns, that kind of enough group of people is growing. We've got right marauders, metal deck six, and all three guns for, for reefs. So we got a, a nice complement of guns for people that maybe they're learning, they're getting experience, or they just don't want to travel with them. So we've got stuff plus we've got float lines, we've got bungees, we've got free atmosphere floats, we've got free diving fins. So trying to make it easy for people. Do uh, a lot of the local guys dive there too as well? Have they Are they just mainly captains? No. You know, our captains have gone full circle. They are now really good divers, and so they know how to handle your gear. You'll notice it because you'll hand up a fish and they'll unclip, pull it out, rig the slip tip back. They know exactly how to coil your line, and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? Our guys spearfish. They fish <laughs> too, so they they rod and reel, and they spearfish. It is getting more and more popular with uh, locals, but our guys, they're all super into it. So most of our captains, especially the, the ones that are, we have five boats here, so our five main captains love uh, fishing and spearfishing, and the ones that dive, it, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I was just going to say, it, you, know, you know the first time you hand a fish up, you know, to your captain if he dives or, or has done this before, um, you yeah. know, as far as like, and it sure is nice because you're just that, you're back in the water that much faster, your fish is taken care of, you know, your equipment's not going to get cut or bent or anything like that. Exactly. And then the other thing we do is, we, you know, we've got great guys, Brock, myself, the guy Garrick. And our captains are even, uh, two of them that are good divers and great captains are now sometimes going on the boat as guides. So they've come full circle. And then what we're going to do for you is you'll appreciate what we do is we mark the spots. So we've got buoys with big tall flags on them. So it's not like where over there in that area where that, you know, where that bird is and that white cap. No, we don't do that. Dive at the flag. We'll drop you an up current, arrive at the flag. When you're 50 yards downstream of the flag, you pass the high spot and put your gun up and we'll come up and get you. So we're giving people reference points. We'll even work an area with two flags. Start at flag one, head to flag two, we'll pick you up. So make it as easy as possible for people to uh, maximize your success. You're not doing a lot of just blind diving, but you know where we want you to be because we know that we want, we want you to have, be successful. Yeah, I could see that. I could, I could, I could hear people being like, "Well, you got to earn it," you know. Um, uh, how, how, what do you think about that? Like, if people are that are, I mean, obviously, understand you're come from a situation where people are paying for a service and they need to get the best possible service they could possibly get. I remember working at the Four Seasons and they said, "Yeah, there's more expensive hotels and things like that, but what you're paying for here is you're paying for the service." And it sounds like that's kind of how you guys run that place. Yeah, 100%. 100%. There's nothing but the best of Baja. That's what we call it, the best of Baja. We, uh, That's awesome. We're, yeah. we're very, very, we, we take care of the gear. We got wash stations on the beach. We, we 
we help you in the morning. We got everything we bring. When we first arrive, we have a, a little beach car that we bring up to your procedure and move all your gear down to the beach, so it's down there for you. And so yeah, just it's full first service oriented. Again, not really earning it. We're we're the ones we want to put you on the pitch. We want you guys to be successful and and know exactly where you're coming across. And like Tim said, with the flag, flag's nice because even if you so you run one lane, I kind of think about swim lanes. And maybe you get you drift right next to a flag on one swim lane, you don't see a bunch. So move over one swim lane, same drift, take the flag twenty feet to your side the next time. You're running in different lanes of that current. And so it really helps you reference where you're going and it's really nice, really nice setup. We do that really well. It's super satisfying and, and challenging for us. It's a game to try to make you successful. So we come back to the end and like, hey, what did we get? We're sharing in your victory. Hey, my guys got three big walls of fucking stove. What your guys got? My guys worked together. They pulled apart a lot of this big hole and got it out. It's super fun to help scout for people, throw flashers for people, chum for people, and, uh, you know, bring second guns and do all that stuff. And I love it. We no. don't win spearfishing long enough. That's as fun as spearfishing. It really is the next level is having someone realize what their little dream fish is and making that come true it's awesome no i i agree with you 100 percent on that i mean uh, that's kind of been my thing what i've noticed as i've gotten a little older and you know you can only shoot so many of certain fish and um you know obviously if you like to eat it that's what i like to do so i just take one but as far as the look on people's faces when they have those pivotal points those moments where you know, they're like, they're just in the zone or they just checked off a box, you know, on their, on their list before they die and they, and they did it and they're just hooked and stoked. And that to me is worth more than anything. I remember like, even with my own kids, putting my son in the water and having him line up on a yellowtail and you could just see in his mind, just like the absolute, like, you know, just joy of that one fish that he pulled the trigger on and he took its life, but that kid will never forget that, you know? And then on the, on the other side too, like some of the younger guys, younger guys, but just newer guys diving. And it's like, uh, it's really cool to let them take that shot. And cause you know, that fish means way more to them than it does to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, it. Super fun. Yeah. Great. Um, and yeah, I actually like the learning curve of, I'm dropping sardines for other divers, and I'm just in the water with them, and they have their guns, and I'm dropping in between them. I'm doing ladder setups. I'm trying to get fish. I like to see that happen when the fish start to feed. And I, and I look at the guy and go, okay, slow down. Let this happen. Let's do a little bit more. I like getting the pace going and then, like, okay, drop that thing. You know, and so, like, the winner, then put the hammer on that fish. That's, that's fun to me. I like watching that. And just a side note on that, the little stories about Brock, we just pulled – the largest yellowfin tuna of our career, and that's Brock on a liveaboard. He does a lot of our specialty trips, Panama, Magnate liveaboard, Super Tits liveaboards, and he just pulled uh, a 320 yellowfin off uh, the Magnate liveaboard last October. Same day, they got a 240, and then they had another one just disappear. Another one take everything. Yeah, I think I, I saw that picture. Time. I think I saw that. Um, well, I don't know, maybe I didn't see that picture, but. Wow, that's 320. That's big, 320. <laughs> and that, that's all patience, shoving, and, and 
helping people and saying things like, nobody dies, just chill, we're going to chum it up, just relax, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, that's, it's, it becomes teamwork and it's really fun. Well, and I think that's with the bigger fish, especially the pelagics, you learn that, you know, sometimes that shot's just not there and the fish isn't going to cooperate. I mean, I have friends that have seen like eight foot long blue fi- or um, dog tooth tuna, but they just come right by. They're not even interested. And it, it is kind of a fine uh, cat and mouse game of like what we found was chumming and then drop a whole mackerel, you know, and then that that'll get their attention a little. And then they're coming in on the feed on the mackerel. But there's all these little tips and stuff that I think you learn just from trial and error where you're not necessarily focused on shooting any fish, but with the ones that are around, we would just kind of experiment with. I brought down pom-poms, I mean everything, just to like try to figure out how the fish would react um, so that if you get your chance on the... What kind of cheers did you do? Oh, you know, uh, go, 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 fish, come on. (laughs) Defense, defense. Yeah. I promise you I won't shoot you in the face. I promise that yeah. No. It's funny though because, you know, different different techniques and I guess different regions are uh ha- have their own little thing too. Have you noticed differences between, you know, the Sea of Cortez side and the Mag Bay, which is incredible by the way. Yeah, Mag Bay side. Yeah, totally like just one fish behavior. Sea of Cortez, Wahoo and Flasher is super curious, put them in their mouth, want to come in, sometimes to a pass coming back. Bag Bay, not so much. Bag Bay, hang flashers work a lot of times better than pro flashers. Bag Bay, Shum works really good for Wahoo. Sea of Cortez, hit or miss. A lot of times, not interested at all, sometimes eating. But yeah, different sides, same fish, totally different behavior. Or go through, just depending on how many divers they've seen and, and how much activity they've seen on the reefs. Are those on the Mag Bay side in isolated places where not many people get to? Pretty uh-huh. dumb. Right up to you. This time you gotta stop them a little bit more. So, yeah. yeah, you gotta love those pargo. Uh, <laughs> I've seen oh, some. Exactly. Uh, lately, I've just seen some guys put up some massive size pargo, and you're like, I don't, you know. Uh, I think that's the, the number. The, the deal with spearfishing, and I think a lot of younger guys don't realize it, is the the way to get big fish or whatever, you know, to see a lot of fish is it's time in the water. I mean, you're talking about Pete going down there and spending, you know, months, and then we take a trip and we go down there and expect to shoot a 100-pound wahoo in a weekend or something like that. It's just you got to spend your time in the water and, and then also have the background to where and the experience to where if that thing presents itself, you know exactly what you need to do and you can stay calm. Because numerous times I've completely spazzed when it's presented itself and then that's it. You never get another shot at it, you know? Right. That's Buck Fever would call that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's okay. I, I almost like it. It just, it, that's kind of one of the things that keeps you coming back, um, you know, diving and just thinking about that fish and how amazing it was and you didn't even shoot it it was just amazing um well i i gotta get running here guys but um i'm so glad you reached out and if anybody wanted to find out more information how do they get in contact with you guys about the spearfishing academy the blue water world cup i mean just your day-to-day operations as well 
The best thing, you know, our website's got some information on it, but the best thing is just go old school and you can contact us. So we've got, uh, you can write me, that's Tim, I'm the owner, and head janitor here at Bluff Ventana. <laughs> you write me, it's Tim at BlumpofVentana.com, or we've got our reservation people, really nice, two nice girls in the office, that's contact at BlumpofVentana.com. You want some good stories about fish and green white sharks, you can write Brock at BlumpofVentana.com. Or if you want to go boil, we'll just call 310-594-DIVE. Just like calling California, just race through the computer and let's shoot the shit and we'll tell you what's going on right now. Temperature, chlorophyll, and fish reports, no nonsense. Like one of the best things we do is tell people, don't come. It's really windy right now. Right. What fish are, what's going on. So we're going to give you what we would want to know before we came here and get in contact with us. And we've got, you know, some things on our website that, uh, tell you a little bit about basic trips that we do and from three days diving, four days diving, or combo trips where you're diving two days on the Cortez and three days in Mag Bay. But the sky's the limit. You want to dream up a trip? Let's do it. We've got so many other spots that uh, we are ready to do trips to. And someone wants to say, hey, let's go do something where we'll spend three days in the resort take you somewhere really remote. I don't have a lot of money. It can't be a, a little board, but let's go to uh, a remote fish camp. We've got tons of them. So if you want to get creative, do a custom trip, some off-menu items, we love to do that because that's why we're here. We're here to spearfish and get in right. deep and put you on fish. So call us, write us, and then if you've got questions, we'll help you. And if you've got dreams, we've got pretty much... 10 years of an adventure for you with all the different uh, levels of stuff that you can do with us. So it's super fun. No, that sounds uh, that sounds right up my alley. Actually, uh, I got to talk to you guys when we get done here. <laughs> as far as yeah, that's I mean yeah. that's just there's so many places out there, and I say the one thing about Baja that is so unique is you're talking about you know thousand uh, yeah I I forgot it was like 1300 miles of coastline with 3 million people or 4 million people living in it. And the majority of the people are living in Tijuana by the border towns. I mean, you're talking, there's gotta be reefs around there that are just loaded with some giants, you know, as far as just the number wise, when you just do the math. Yeah. So yeah, I, there's a lot more spots and we can fly you in. Cabo, La Paz, Laredo, we do Babinos, Turtle Bay, we've got tons of spots in the Cortez, I'm not even going to say where they are, and then we do Liverworks too, so yeah, if you want to explore and stretch your legs, we're ready. Awesome, well thanks boys, I really appreciate it, and good luck with um, the uh, World Cup this year, uh, maybe I'll see you down there, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a good that's a good call. Yeah. Hey, I really appreciate it, you guys, and thank you uh, to Jacob for reaching out to me. Um, and I always love when I have guys reach out because uh, you know it's nice to have a conversation with people that are just amped on on diving and spearfishing, just like I am. So I I really appreciate you guys taking the time as well to meet with me. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. We love. 
hanging out and talking shop anytime you want. We'd love to do more, and uh, we hope you can get down here. Yeah, I definitely will try to make an effort this year for sure. All right, boys, I'll let you go. I got to get back to the family here. But uh, again, uh, man, it was great talking to you. Uh, lots of stuff to t- discuss further. I will, <laughs> I'll definitely let you know. All right. Take care, Brad. Okay, guys, take care. Bye. All right, that concludes the show for today. Uh, as you, I'm sure you could tell, we had a little bit of issue with the audio, um, but the bottom line is it sounds like it's a really special resort and a, and a special thing, the Blue Water World Cup, with divers from around the world. Um, and I would just encourage you guys all to check it out if you're interested in it. And also just check out the resort and the area down in Baja. And um, one thing... I want to add to this as well is that when you guys go to travel to these places, make sure you go with a conscious of thinking like preserving it. Don't go there and shoot everything that moves. Uh, That's just my little two cents I want to throw in there. Um, If you want something to stay special, just make sure you treat it that way. All right, guys, take care. If you'd like to support the show even further, you can go over to our Patreon page, www.patreon forward slash spearfactor, and donate to the show to keep it going. And I just want to give a big thank you to the sponsors um, of the show, Hot Rod Spear Guns, Chimera Spearfishing, inventors of the side slip, Acaso Cameras, and One Drop Spearfishing. All those guys, uh, thank you so much. And Go over to the website, www.spearfactor.com, and check out the deals that they have provided for Spear Factor listeners. Everybody, enjoy yourselves and dive safe. Thanks again. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. wild game in wild places tune in to hunt stand presents saturdays at 8 30 p.m eastern waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment you want to succeed you want to fish you want to be one of the greatest tune in to west marines life on the water presented by costa custom boats every saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m eastern on waypoint tv